Good evening and welcome to Night Colors Bigfoot Radio. You are here with your host, Lauren Smith. I'm back on air. I'm sorry for the hiatus. I will do a catch-up show to catch you guys up on everything that I've been up to. Uh, mostly it's been work, work, and more work. So unfortunately, Night Colors had to go on the back burner for a little bit, but I am back. I have someone who has graciously decided to help me out and um, round up some guests for me um, and help me with scheduling because that is the part of Night Callers that is the hardest is finding amazing guests for you guys to have on, for you guys to listen to. Um, so tonight, I actually have an amazing guest who's a friend of mine, Stephen James and his wife, Jennifer. They are going to come on and talk about cryptic connections and Stephen's projects that he's working on, his research, his experiences. Um, I believe Logan Craft is in the chat, and he's going to be helping out as my moderator, as he usually does, but then also he'll chime in about the show. So if you are in the live chat tonight, you get a special treat. Okay, so I'm not going to waste any more time. Go ahead and hit that thumbs up, subscribe, like, follow, do all the things, and here we go. All right. Hey, Stephen and Jen, how are y'all doing tonight? Hey, Lauren. Hi. Pretty good. How about yourself? Fabulous. I am fabulous. I have to talk about the weather because it's my thing. Um, it's like all the, the seasons have shifted. Have y'all noticed that? It's like used to it'd be rainy in March and April, and now it's snowy in March and April, and it's rainy in May. And it's putting a crimp in my summer plans a lot. Also, my researching <laughs> plans because it's hard to research in the rain. <laughs> I wish we could say the same. Unfortunately, it's been pretty hot here. Today was the first day in a bit that it, it got a little bit wet. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I forgot you guys live in West Texas, right? The desert. The <laughs> desert. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, Stephen, you research in Oklahoma and Texas. Right. So is that why you research in Oklahoma and Texas? Um, because you have to get to a place where there's actually trees and yeah pretty much there's uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's 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 a minimum of about a six and a half seven hour drive to any of our research areas yeah um i feel that very much uh my area i'm surrounded by uh, meth heads and cows and so i have to drive a minimum of two to three hours to get to anywhere worth researching as well so you know mm-hmm. yeah um, all right, so the chat is up and running. Um, we have Mr. Logan Craft in the chat supporting you, obviously. He, uh, he said dirt and boot scorpions is all that you have there, no Bigfoots. That's that's actually very true. Well, I don't know. According to Ken, last weekend, uh, we've got some out in this area, but they're very few and far between. Yeah. Um, where I'm from in Altus, Oklahoma, there have been reports over there. And it's very flat, prairie, desert-looking. Um, but we've had reports over there, a lot of them. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess they can be anywhere. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and get this started. So I have your bio, and I'm going to let you tell your story and your experiences. But I had the privilege of meeting you at the Texas Bigfoot Conference a few years ago. And I had heard that you were this way or that way. And then when I met you, I I just, you're very methodical, you're very thorough, and you're very skeptical, which are great traits for a Bigfoot researcher. Um, So Stephen is an IT guy. Like, he's got that brain, right? 
So what got you into Bigfoot? Because if I hadn't met you through Bigfoot, just meeting you in person, I would have never in a million years thought that this is something that you would be interested in. Uh, it traces back to an experience I had in Northern California in 1996. Uh, my my first wife and I were camping in just, just at the base of Lewiston Dam and we had kind of a run-in. Uh, we were we were the only the 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 campground we'd stayed in was not officially open yet it was still like a mm-hmm. week before the the season actually opened. so we were the only ones in the campground and uh we had gone out to eat dinner and then we came back and uh we got there probably about 10 30 and our our campsite was trashed everything had been gone through the food and the coolers, things like that, had not been touched. But the tent, mm. we, we had a little one of those four-man dome tents, and yeah. the tent had been turned upside down, and literally everything was dumped out of it. The sleeping bag was still hanging out um, of the door. The tent was upside down, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, that made uh, my, my first wife, Heller, it made her kind of nervous. Mm-hmm. And... Um, she decided that we should just pack up and probably go get a hotel for the night. She didn't know who was in the area. Good call. I would have done the same. And so while we were packing, uh, I was pulling stuff out, rolling up sleeping bags, you know, th- doing that from the tent. And I was handing them to her, and she was running and tossing them in the back of our um, Explorer. And uh, we did three or four trips like that. And then... The next thing I know, I've got this extremely stressed out kind of a voice asking me to please get in the car as fast as I possibly can. And, uh, you know, and that, and that, that we had discussed before. She saw a bear, or if we ran into a cougar or something like that, something that made her nervous. I told her to get in the car and, you know, just let me know and I would get in the car with her. And, because you told me she has not. Oh yeah, she had this no lifestyle. It was yeah, her. she she was a, she was a child of Texas and had no camping or anything like yeah. that. This was a big thing, right? Anyway, uh, we got into the car, or I got in the car rather. She was already in there, and <laughs> she was she was just scared white, um, shaking, and just telling me to start the car, drive leave 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 and uh i i I started i kept asking what's going on do you see something and she was like it was huge it's big it's big get me out of here get me out of here it's kind of thing she's going she's just she's just having a breakdown kind of a thing she's barely holding on and so like any good-natured man i sat there i turned the keys on i start the car i put the headlights on they go on bright and i proceed to do a donut I'll go a 360 all the way around because I want to see what maybe she saw. Yeah. That proceeded to get me a beating. I mean, she just went <laughs> forward hysterics. I was not getting out of this campground fast enough. And, no. uh, you know, it was for the next, I, I, I think it was like a two hour drive. I, want, mm-hmm. I remember it being a two to three hour drive, but on Google, it's about, I think, an hour and a half. I don't know. But in the situation, we had to drive all the way out of the mountains in Northern California, all the way down to Redding. I had to get her into the valley before she'd calmed down enough to let us get a hotel. So we pulled into Motel 6, I guess, around 12 or 1 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. 
and she she finally was able to sleep some the next day we went back and she just wouldn't even really get out of the car you know i i'm just grabbing all of our stuff that we've left and everything and putting it up but one thing she did say was that she remembered it was something you know squatting over by this one particular tree it was the only tree anywhere remotely near our, our campsite our campsite it was it was like the, a very large sandbar was where the um all the sites were for this campground and the very few trees on it was next to the river and uh there was this one tree we'd been parked maybe 10 feet from mm-hmm. 15 feet from you know and she remembered what had caught her eye was as she was getting out of the vehicle from throwing stuff in it in the corner of her eye she saw movement because something had stood up she said it stood up turned around and walked off but she remembered it ducked its head under a branch and the next day when we were there i looked at the branch it was the only branch it was the lowest branch on that tree but that branch was out of reach of me by about a good foot or so which would make it about eight and a half feet maybe maybe nine but i think it was eight and a half and uh Bears don't do that. They don't get up on two legs and turn around. Uh, no. I, you know, I, my parents raised me. I've been out in the woods most all my life and everything else. I've had my run-in with animals. Standing on two legs, ducking a branch, and walking off is not the description of a bear. No, and, and then so, that tall also. That's Yeah, yeah. I mean, she was... She was fairly level-headed. She didn't freak out. She was, you know, for her to do this was very unlike her. I've never seen her like that before or since. And so, yeah. But that—that's what got us interested. It. it, We we were we were actually on our way back from finding a place to stay in Seattle. Uh, We Mm -hmm. were going back home to my parents in San Francisco um, to really just go get our stuff and then come back up. And uh, it took us maybe six or seven months after we gotten up to Seattle before she finally was willing to consider that maybe what she saw was a Bigfoot. And it was only because she could not figure out what else it could possibly have been. Yeah, I was going to ask, did you at that time, what was your first inclination? What did you think it was or, you know... Did you immediately jump to Bigfoot or did you just kind of? No, I actually, I, I genuinely thought she saw a bear until I saw in the daylight what our situation mm-hmm. was. I, I, I just assumed we probably had a bear or something. I mean, it could have been, yeah. you know, a bear, a person, something like that. But with her remembering it had to move, you know, she remembered its head ducking when it turned mm-hmm. around, to go around that branch. When I saw how tall the branch was, yeah, that ruled most everything out. I'm sorry. It was way over Ryan's head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, not very many things are, but the ones that are, you got to imagine how big that is and how scary it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that would be enough to, um, because, you know, like I said, you're very skeptical and methodical and everything. And that makes for a really good researcher, but you're also very inquisitive. Um, I've hung around you enough to know that, you know, you ask good questions, you're very inquisitive. So I could see that definitely spawning some curiosity um, to kind of launch you into this. I don't don't give things up. 
I get no like a bulldog. I, I just start grabbing onto it, and I'm like, I, I got to keep poking at it till I figure something out. The word is stubborn. Very stubborn. Yeah. The word is stubborn. I've um I've gone to eat with you at restaurants. I know. Um, oh. Goodness. <laughs> Thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you, Lauren. That, however, that wasn't gumbo. I know that was not gumbo. We can both agree that was that was like Chef Boyardee with a twist. Oh, it was disgusting. (laughs) Um, a lot of you know, so many people there talk themselves into saying it was a bear. Um, as humans, our first inclination is to talk ourselves out of seeing something out of the norm. Um, I've done it. I, my mom's done it. Like I know hardcore seasoned researchers who have done it. Uh, your first inclination. That's why they tell you the first thing you do, if you have a sighting is try to write everything down because your brain is going to start trying to take care of itself and protect itself. And it's going to start saying, well, maybe it was only six foot tall or maybe it was a bear. So, um, in the chat, they said, you know, definitely that was not a bear. So, um that's sorry i'm trying to look at the chat um yeah that's that would definitely be enough to pique my curiosity i think um so what happened next what i mean did you after after we settled in seattle started going to school um like i said six or seven months later she i actually kind of got dragged into it she was the one who you know, th- this was the mystery. She's like, you know, only only methods see Bigfoot. That was her opinion. I mean, you know, she she was small town Texas. You know, Baptist raised kind of a thing. You know, just you can't get more. I hate to say yeah. it, but urban white bread than than my first wife. Yeah, and very conservative, and uh, it it really nagged her. And so she kind of led the way, and we ended up, uh, I got dragged into to, uh, going to a couple of BFRO meetings with her. We, she got online, she started talking to people, and I, you know, I was just kind of being supportive. It was kind of interesting, but, you know, not 100%. You know, okay, you know, let's see. I, I was convinced it was going to be weirdos. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, we ended up meeting some very good people. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, uh we ended up uh, kind of forming up a team for a while. And uh, the BFRO coordinator for the area that we were working with at the time was a guy named Jeff Limley. And the partner he was working with, with was a guy named uh, Rick Knoll. And so us and Rick and Jeff ended up working all over um, Skamania and that area down in Gifford Pinchot. And we ended up being the ones who started scouting out the Skookum region, the, the Skookum Meadow region. Okay. So uh, anybody who knows anything about the Skookum Meadow incident and everything else, whether you whether you believe what it was or not, mm-hmm. um, we had been working with them for probably two seasons, two years with that. And we had to go ahead and decide to move back to Texas. And so we decided the week before... The film crew and everybody came out that all of that happened on we decided that was going to be when we moved to texas and so we missed being on legend meets science by one week and it was purely because we kind of figured it would not make anybody look any good 
know, I mean, <laughs> we've seen Bigfoot documentaries. We knew what yeah. came across. And so we figured, yeah. you know, our, our careers could probably maybe lose that one. And that was yes. a big mistake. We admit it. You know, we admitted it not very long after we drove down. You know, <laughs> we were like, oh, mm-hmm. hell. And so, yeah. but yeah, then we got down here to Texas. And uh, I can tell you, there's no Bigfoots on the east side of the Rockies. That's exactly what our opinion was. We didn't, you know, just mm-hmm. had no idea of anything until we got down here. And we actually saw, I can't remember if it was the first or the second uh, Bigfoot Texas conference that Craig had. And yeah. it was back in 2001, I'm going to say. Uh, may have been 2002, but it was one of the early ones. And we went out to there. And I was just like, you know, I, I just, I wasn't sure. I just wasn't sure. I mean, people were saying all this and I'm like, we're in Texas. It just can't be. And uh, after that point, we had a baby. She had medical problems and we ended up dropping everything. We ended up dropping everything for about 15 years before I got back involved, really. Um, the... Uh, so it was about 2015 that I started getting back involved out here in Texas. And I actually started paying attention to, to what people were saying out here. Okay. Um, I just, your story sounds kind of like my mom's. Um, she met people through the internet also and then got back into, or got into it that way and then started researching out with different groups and um it's just so funny because we came from a generation of don't talk to strangers and now all these strangers from across the united states are my best friends um and my family so i don't know i think that's interesting um but i'm sorry you didn't get to be on legend meet science it's okay it's okay <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's just fine so what did you think of that evidence i mean you said whether people believe it's real or not i mean do you honestly I'm probably gonna. I'm. I'm probably more on the elk side on that one. Okay. I really am. Uh, But that being said, I know Rick, and I know Mm -hmm. Rick does very first-rate good work, and uh, very impeccable. Uh, There is no chance of hoax, in my opinion. That wasn't a, a you know intentional thing. I know how Rick works. That that I can see the scenario. I I kind of know where they were. Yeah. Uh, the yeah, I think it's more likely an elk though, with with everything okay. else that's in it and all that, and yeah. so. Okay. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah um, you, know, you you know me. I I'm going to be conservative on that, and so. Right. Right. I mean, well, you, I mean, you, you got to remember, I'm I'm the guy that stood up at the Bigfoot conference a couple of months ago, and I said, "Okay, this is the last time you're going to hear the word Bigfoot." Yeah, Yeah. we don't talk talk about Bigfoot when we're talking. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you were you were very honest. I mean, you were. Um, So I I have to be completely honest. Um, I was given some photos to share tonight, and because I value your friendship, I'm not going to. But but and then he said bigfoot right after you did um, was logan the person that provided the photos i plead the fifth 
<laughs> well, I had asked um, a certain person for photos of you to use in tonight's show or for the presentation uh, for tonight's show. And that person got back to me and informed me that they only had pictures of you sleeping for some yeah, reason. Yeah, that's Logan. <laughs> so of his. <laughs> I, I was going to share these and um use you it, it you know <laughs> like i said you know you're you're a very diligent researcher um very evidence-based very scientific um and also you're very diligent about your self-care um you know that self-care is very important to bigfooting and that you have to uh, you have to sleep and get caught up on your sleep so that you can research all night. And that means that you have to sleep. And that means you have to sleep in the car and at the restaurant and in your camp chair. And <laughs> I have so I get many in, pictures. Of I get you in sleeping. the field and I get tired, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, um, it's, you know we, we do stuff. We don't just sit in camp uh -huh. all day. And Meanwhile, so, if, if Logan is with us or whoever else, we're just kind of sitting staring at Stephen while he's enjoying. Himself. Evidently, I just sit there and snore at the campfire half the okay. time. So, you know, I mean. <laughs> Stephen. Oh. Oh. You see, even Janelle is saying it's a true story. <laughs> Steven is so dedicated to Bigfoot that he only wakes up for activity, you know? That's right. All the rest is not important. And I, I mean, you're conserving your energy for those important right. moments of analysis. That's right. <laughs> okay. Um, so you have a website called Cryptid Connections. Yeah. No. And connection. Cryptid con connection. No S. Please right. remember that, everybody. It's very important. Um, so... Tell me about how you kind of formed your own group. Well, back in the old days, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. uh, back around 19, 2019, mm -hmm. I figured I'd try to give a, I, I actually, what I had was I was very frustrated with Facebook and most of the um, Bigfoot groups that were out there. Uh, it was a social club. I still stand yeah. by that. Bigfoot is a social club. There's, yes. It's very, very difficult to actually find people who are really trying to diligently and hardcore research something. Um, mm -hmm. And so I kind of figured, well, you know, I can't possibly be the only person. And so I built a website. The idea was I was essentially going to try to make something similar to Facebook but it would be entirely cryptid oriented and just a place for people to get together, talk, do whatever. You know, I put some resources on it. We were posting blogs on it. Uh, had, had, uh, oh, very, I, I had updated lists constantly of new, new uh, cryptid themed uh, shows, podcasts, things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we, you know, I mean, and then, yeah. Logan got involved. Jennifer got involved. Uh, we we had uh, we got a recipe pipe, you know, for camp recipes and stuff it's called Cook's Corner. I, mean, I love was, that so. It much. was entirely going to be just this and camping this this reviews. yeah yeah camping gear reviews um, yeah you know everything anything and everything and uh, it never took off. 
<laughs> it, it still exists and um, it's still there, but it's still waiting for, for a, a, a good diligent people to actually go in and kind of make it their own. And so mm-hmm. I, openly, I openly invite it. Now at the same time, we'd started a podcast by the same name. And the idea was we were just going to interview the researchers and talk about the sounds familiar doing it. Yeah, it does sound familiar, doesn't it? And we ended up making it through about 36, I think 36 episodes. Mm -hmm. And I just realized there was not a damn thing worth talking about anymore. I felt like they're just, Uh I covered it all people. There was nothing new. And this is right in the middle towards the end of COVID uh, 2021, the whole world's melting down everybody's hating everybody else you know the whole mm-hmm. thing around and and honestly at the time um we you know the logan and i and jennifer had been over a year at a new site and a new location and we just weren't getting squat we thought we should be you mean squatch well yeah we're we weren't getting squatch <laughs> okay. that was bad okay. Okay. Uh, that was i uh, loved it you know, like it's it. just, you know, and, and so honestly, it was kind of, a de- you know, I was dejected. And, and mm-hmm. I was just like, you know, and then uh, because of COVID, work really picked up. Uh, like you mentioned before, uh, I do IT. I do IT for, for government and um, police agencies. And uh, we were really, really, really busy. Mm-hmm. And uh that just kind of next thing I know, I looked at it and I was like six months from a, from a, an episode. And I was just like, you know, I've got to get back into it. And then I'm like twice, I'll be honest twice. I thought I was going to get an interview and I, I went mm-hmm. to approach someone only to find out that you would, you had interviewed them like within the last two weeks, three weeks, you did this to me twice. <laughs> and I was like, there is absolutely no way I'm going to interview someone who just was on another show within the last couple of weeks. That's ridiculous. That's redundant. But you bring something you, else Lauren. to the interview. No, I don't. You do. <laughs> everybody, everybody has their own thing. Each interviewer has their own now, thing that they bring out of the guest. One, one thing that I was I like to do and I was very big on on our show Mm-hmm. was I refused to give ourselves a time limit. Oh, and yeah, so yeah. I have some interviews that are three and yeah. four hours long mm-hmm. where I'm just letting you, they're talking, we're getting it. I mean, you know, what I wanted to do was in a way to be like the Charlie Rose of Bigfoot. I wanted to just let someone just open up and go. And, yeah. and we did that. We did that with several, you know, several different people. And then some there's some guests, you know, honestly, hey, one hour, that was all we needed. But, you know, other guests, there were, there were, you, you know, there, uh, I remember I had Steven Stroyford on one time. And that was, to me, the longest episode I've ever had. He wasn't the longest on the released episode. Mm-hmm. We recorded for maybe three, maybe four hours on the episode. Yeah. But then it was the five to six hours after the episode that Stephen and I kept up talking. <laughs> so that was, you know, afterward. Uh, um, so, you know, a similar, thing, similar thing with Jim Whitehead and um, Jim can talk. Yeah. And, and Darren and uh, Darren Lee, mm-hmm. uh, Shelly, Shelly Montana could talk a lot. She can and, talk. 
Yeah. Yep. And very you know, knowledgeable. I, just, I let them. them go. I, mm-hmm. All all of these people, I would just sit there and I would let them go. And I learned I, a lot about. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know. And yeah. Um, now our earlier as our earliest episodes, um, mm-hmm. they were a labor of love. My, our very first one actually had Brandon Garrett. Oh, really? Yes. I think I remember Brandon that. Is, Brandon is very amusing on that episode. He, mm-hmm. he, was, he was a good friend and uh, came on and, and we visited, you know, and then, oh, we've had several other, you know, we start out with people we really, we just knew that were, you know, fellow squatchers. And from yeah. there, we started branching out. Uh, mm-hmm. But there, there are some really, I'd say, especially since episode 17, 18, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, no, actually, maybe about 20. The, the mid to later episodes, most of them I'm really, I'm really proud of. I, I tried to get good and interesting people. Um, yeah. You know, and so. So everybody needs to go check that out. For at sure. some point, the show is not done, but yeah. I, we need to figure out a new gimmick. Jennifer and Logan have desperately been wanting, wanting us to go and expand our topics. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I just don't know how. So I, I, means. Oh, I understand so. it does, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just, um, they need to run the ball with that one. Uh, I will sit there and support and everything else. I just don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Well, I you hear mean, that, there's, Logan? there's, so on that note, you said, um, that you decided you were just going to interview interview Bigfoot researchers. Um, so I've been doing that for over a decade now. And yeah, I know. you are my 335th interviewer interview, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. So everybody, my people, I love every interview that I have, I learned something. Every single interview, I learned something from the guest. Every interview is interesting. However, I've been in the game for 20 years now, and we've advanced in some ways. Uh, Technology has advanced us, different things that we've learned. It's been great. But within the last 10 years or so, I feel very much like we have been spinning our wheels. And not very much makes my little inner Bigfoot researcher perk up and go, ooh, and get excited, right? So I have to tell you people, I was uh, honored to be a guest and speaker at the Oklahoma, the Mid-America Bigfoot Symposium in Stillwell, Oklahoma, uh, right along with Stephen James there. And I did my presentation, great, whatever. Um, Stephen's presentation, actually, he is on to something that made me sit up and get excited about research again. It made me sit up and feel like, we are on to something. We are finally about to move forward. This is really exciting. Like, I was really excited. So, without further ado, I'm going to let Steven jump into that because, you guys, he's on to something that is actually new and exciting and effective. So, I will let you begin. Try to keep it in layman's terms. I'll try. So that people don't look like you in I'm still, I'm going to say, I'm going to say that I've been doing this long enough that there's absolutely no way I can be the first person to have tried this. I may be the first squeaky wheel. 
mm-hmm. but um, I've had I've had several times where we've come out with stuff that I swore I was the first person to do something with, only mm-hmm. to find out that someone somewhere or the other was barking up a similar tree. So right. I, I will not, I, I am not laying claim to being unique or, or anything like that. I just, I just want to say that. Uh, what you're talking about is echo acoustics or some people call it acoustic ecology. Uh, ever since 2015, I've been dealing with audio. That's, that's been my, that was the thing I really, really did. Yeah, go ahead. That's the thing that I, I really gravitated to. It it made sense with my computer background and everything. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just, audio is an easy thing for me to work with and understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was my second time doing a presentation at Mid-America. And um, I needed a new topic and I couldn't come up with one. It was the exact same problem I had with the show. You know, I mean, that kind of a thing. It's just like, there's just nothing new here. And, well, I mean, we, we had a... I, I wanted to avoid just going up there and Logan and I giving an update. Oh, this is what we've been doing for the last year or two. And I wanted something more. And uh, so I figured, well, you know, I can just always go back and do audio. And so I started, right. I started doing some research. And I started going into some areas I hadn't looked at before. Uh Everybody is familiar with going out in the woods, dropping a recorder off, recording overnight, recording three or four days, whatever you do, taking it home, putting it in the spectrogram, looking to see if you can find any animal you don't recognize, or if you, or at least you, you know, you can't identify. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's been state of the art in Bigfoot for a long time. No one been, evidently has been paying attention to the real science community and what they've done with the audio recording. No. <laughs> um, in 2015, I believe it was, they actually, the, the, um, the discipline of acoustic ecology or, or echoacoustics was actually established and recognized in the ecology world, in, in, the, in, the, in the wildlife biology world. Mm-hmm. What it does is it's it's doing it's starting out the same way that we all do. You're going out there and you're recording the environment. Right. The computers and the technology have finally come to the point where we can start pulling some information out of that that no one in Bigfoot has talked about. Right. Uh, ecologists are literally going out there. They're recording the entire soundscape all of the animals out there let's say for a 24-hour period we now have the ability to take that dump it onto a computer system run it through algorithms and have it recognize every animal sound on that recording it will identify the sounds we can break it down i mean if you have multiple recorders it's even giving you the option of breaking down individuals of the same species that's amazing uh, there is, uh, and, and, you know, I'm actually, um, I'll send you the link here in a little while. Okay. There is uh, one study that was done not too long ago, um, I think in 2021, maybe 2022, mm-hmm. out of um, Denmark. Uh, and uh, they were 
tracking wolves out there because they had just started finally coming back in from Germany and everything else. They'd been gone since I think they said 1813 or something like that from the area. And they were using the recordings to be able to track the population. And they were actually able to differentiate subspecies and individuals. They, they tracked like six Eurasian wolves and like 10 Northwestern wolves, something like that. But they could differentiate them by subspecies. So they knew which one was making which call. And they knew which individual was making those calls. So right. they could track them over distance. They knew what regions they were going to. Other researchers um, in Australia and in the United States have been following a similar example, but they've actually been looking at live tracking so that when they're in the field, their recorders pick up the audio and you have your algorithm, your program set to a target you know, whatever species you're looking for, target calls. And it doesn't have to be the same species. You can have four or five, six different species. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. uh, but you can you can get real-time geolocation of where those calls originated. So for so, all of you that just sat through what he just said and you're like, what does this have to do with us? This is the part where you really need to start paying attention because this is the part that made me sit up and say, this is a game changer. This is something that we can focus on that is tangible. It's happening. It's in the scientific community. So therefore it's accepted, right? Yes. Um, this is something, this is a game changer. There, I am there is, there so is, excited. There is current research papers that are recently published within the last three or four years detailing exactly how to do this. There And, and we're talking about off the shelf technology that yeah. we have they are collaborating there there is um there there are several different groups of researchers on the internet that are doing public um cloud like, like well not cloud funded but rather um crowdsourced research efforts because what they're doing mm -hmm. is, is they're asking people to go out and make, make the recordings because what they're doing is is they're looking to get real-time population density, um, presence, everything on all of our different ecosystems that are around. They're trying to figure out what animals are out there in what numbers at what time of year. Yeah. This is something they haven't really been able to do. Most of the time people go out and they have to eyeball it. You know, they're out mm -hmm. there with a the camera. Um, now I want to say this, this started with the bats and the birds. It was birders and, and the bat people really pushed. The yeah and it went I'm, from there it went to mammals and amphibians i'm telling um, you birders are are birders big are, birders best friend and we they, just like i feel like they're the best kept secret of bigfoot research because I think you're right i think you're right they're like I, <laughs> yeah. they're they're so smart like my mom for instance she i downloaded the app that you mentioned during the presentation there's an app in which um, you can, it's Cornell app, and you can uh, record live bird calls and it will tell you what that bird is. It'll tell you where it is and it'll show you pictures and it'll pop up different calls and songs by that same bird, which yep. is freaking fabulous. Like I'm freaking out that's, over that alone. That's Not to mention your stuff. Yeah, that's exactly. The 
but my mom, I sent it to her and I said, oh, I found out that this one bird that I was hearing is a tufted titmouse. And she's just like, yeah, she's like, I already knew that. She has this <laughs> internal, like she's been doing this for so long that she knows all the birds already. She doesn't even need an app. And I'm just like, like she's, she's a, she's, I don't know what a bird a bird person, ortho, orthonologist? No. Um, what are they called? Ornithologist. Ornithologist. I was so close. A birdologist? Um, <laughs> she's not quite a birdologist, but she she knows so many already. So I shared that app with her, and it is Bird Spotify. Basically, it is Bird Spotify. It is amazing. Mm. And so anyway, it ties into what Stephen's going to talk about. But just imagine real-time location of something doing a call that is what we're trying to get that to. is exactly what we're talking about you see here's the thing this is scientifically accepted and proven we're not mm -hmm. talking about anything new and you run into the problem of you can't you can't prove a negative so if you don't have a baseline identified you know call for something like bigfoot let's say you can't say you recorded Bigfoot, but you yeah. can say you recorded the the owls, you recorded the birds, you recorded the the coyotes, you know, the dogs, anything that makes a, a sound in the woods. And then they have already noticed that there are a lot of calls out there. They don't know what it is. And it's not just one species. It's several. Yeah. Um, in fact, one of the groups that that I'm I'm trying to work with right now um mm -hmm. it, we're, we're still in the setup phase of, of getting our equipment together to do this and everything on it so i have we haven't started submitting uh audio yet for this but one of the groups are there they have identified 30 i think it was 3800 no 3800 new species in That's the last two or three years just from audio and and you know it's they they didn't you know they didn't know they were there yeah you know they they've got literally millions of hours um one second let me but i, I want to quote this correctly mm -hmm. i want to quote, quote this correctly so it's insane yeah. it's an amazing premise like and it's not a premise anymore it, it is happening yeah, it's, this it's is right an there. actual thing that's happening yeah um we've and got, we, go we've got right now um, there are currently 3,425 different individual projects around the world. We have had 885,367,785 analyses already performed. We've had 114,990,755 recordings uploaded. And we've had 3,451 species identified now. That's crazy. And that is all off of audio that's a game changer i mean that's that is a game changer. imagine all the audio that the hundreds of thousands of researchers have sitting around that they they are specifically wanting people to upload audio of things that they can't recognize yes so now here's the problem <laughs> we need you <laughs> here's the problem this yeah. is real science you can't hide where your recording was from yeah. you have to tell all yes. of your data you have to tell when what where who and why 
-hmm. You also have to record it in a specific format. It has to be WAV. You can't do it with most of the little pocket recorders that we have. You're going to probably have to get an $80 or $100 recorder. Um, But if you get that, you can record all you want. They suggest 24-hour periods. And uh, they prefer a couple of days per season is, is the average is what they want. And they like three or four times a year because that allows them to examine what wildlife is present during those seasons and those times. Yeah. <clears throat> and obviously the more you know, you do this end of the valley and then a thousand feet over, you do another recorder and then a thousand feet over, you do another. And with that information, they can get an entire listing of all the present animals that have vocalized and everything mm-hmm. vocalizes. Yeah. And so it's when they come across the vocalization that the computers don't register. Mm-hmm. That's what you're looking for. You can't say it's big, but we don't know what it is. Yeah. You no, know, you build that case of we have evidence because mm-hmm. all of your other animals are legit and they know it. It's recognized. So it can't invalidate the animal that they don't recognize. Now, eight times out of 10, when they look at it for their analysis, what you didn't recognize, they're going to end up finding and saying, no, that's actually this or that. Right. Uh, people who, who don't work with audio don't really understand that a spectrogram does not lie. Assuming your equipment is good, it doesn't lie it's going to reflect the vocals that are made by your vocal cords or any hoaxers beware. That's right. Um, (laughs) You can take an actual elk call and then you can take a hunter's elk call Mm -hmm. that's mimicking it. And they may sound the same to your ears. You will identify it without question on a spectrogram. And so, you know, it's just, Oh, Actually, uh, that's fresh. Mm-hmm. One of the sites uh, that I, I was de- I'm referring to and everything else is actually a group out of the UK. There is a lot of stuff out in the UK for this. So, but I, I just, I'm sorry, I just saw that. It's okay, you're good. Um, the link that you sent me, the Arbamon. Arbamon, that, that, is, that is that one group. And okay. yeah, that, okay. that's the one that I've been the most impressed with. But anyway, Um, yeah, it's just, but the ability to go out there into a research area and record in real time and get within about a 20 square foot estimation of the Mm -hmm. source of that sound because, you know, because you're triangulating it. I mean, this is not a new technology. This is the exact same things that submarines have been doing for years with sonar. Yeah. You know, right. Now we finally got to where we can apply it and the average Joe can get it. Someone had made the yeah. comment earlier that, yeah, if you had governmental budgets, you could afford this. <laughs> that is not the case anymore. Right. You, 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 you know, a couple hundred dollars and you've got it. Yeah. So tell us about um, how you would go about getting the data to get set up on this and the equipment to get set up to do this. What you need, uh, most of your recorders that are just off the shelf, the low-end ones, like the Olympuses or the Sonys, things like that, most of them won't work. You need to have what's called a lossless format on the audio. That's going to be something like a WAV file. Uh, most people are going to sit here and, and that have played with this. They're going to have taken their recordings, 
and you're going to put it in audacity so you can look at your your um, spectrogram okay and examine it you notice when you upload from the video then you drag it over to audacity audacity converts it it takes like a minute or two to, mm-hmm. to, to convert that file and put it in audacity that's because it's taking your mp3 file that your recorder recorded and it's converting it to a wave file format that it can work with um if you recorded natively in wave you would not have that happen uh an mp3 literally cuts out half of the sounds it cuts out the sounds that are beyond human hearing and it samples them it it, it literally is dicing it up in such a method that your ears don't tell the difference but the data does you have to record in a wave no one likes to record waves because they are huge hogs on memory i mean we're talking a couple of gigabytes per hour that's the problem but if you have a recorder that'll do it then you can do it uh there are people on this arbamon that are loading up terabytes of data so it's worth it though i mean if we can if we can have like let's just say southeast oklahoma a specific place that you guys research i mean if we can (laughs) uh recognize all the species and i mean yes you can do this on your own but this is that's kind of a long way to go about it like if you were to um like we've been doing in the bigfoot um in the bigfoot community this is what we've been doing we upload them and then we go and we research and see what um go see what we think it is or what it registers as and this is a different way to go about that but in a more cohesive kind of way if we can all gather to do it lauren i want to go to the dark side of this a little bit though (laughs) there's a dark dark side side. has cookies there's a dark side to this i'm serious and it's something i think we all should be aware of because this is a growing trend that is starting to be out there squatchers are not the only people with audio recorders out there now uh your ecology ecologists your zoologists um, biologists for the game department things like that they're using this technology the law enforcement is using this technology now they are recording for poaching activities and for illegal trespassing you know those signs that say no no vehicles past this point they're starting to listen for people actually driving up there it's not just game cams anymore they're listening for gunshots things like, like that. that and now they have the ability to track your location by your sound <laughs> i'm dead serious y'all i'm not kidding these that are puts, actual that puts i mean a there, there, in my there style. It, it does there's marketing material out there that i just ran across today that was trying to sell this very capability to whoever wanted to buy it i do not participate in illicit activities such as trespassing no, none of us none of us do what's but i am just saying the they do have it now where it's very easy to do and find out about it three or four day, five days later there is the capability to find out about it real time if they want to invest in it so everybody does it is a sad fact 
I'm not okay. It's with the that. dark side of all the technology that it's Big Brother in the woods, but it is. And well, is I feel like they already, they already uh, review us with drones and everything, and kind of check on us because I've witnessed it many times myself. So mm -hmm. I can't really say that I'm that surprised. Um, but that sucks. Also, Logan. The amount of people that probably have caught me peeing on webcams already, I'm not really worried about it. <laughs> like, I, honestly, we've um, all been there, done that. <laughs> I don't even look for them anymore. I feel like, like if I happen to squat down in front of your webcam, it's your lucky day, yay for you. I don't know. I just, I don't worry about it. If I was worried about that, like, I would never be able to go to the bathroom in the woods because you know I already feel like Bigfoot's watching me every time I go. So. Um, <laughs> But yeah, Logan said they'll probably hear you peeing and uh, track you down based on your stream. So, you know, uh, they're 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 differentiating crickets. That's insane. Like different species, Cicada. different species, things like, you know, all of the insect noise that we hear that just becomes this constant drone in the woods. The computers can see the individual species and everything. That's how tight this actually is. I'm That's just... what I'm saying. I don't think I, I really feel like I, I've not heard anyone in, in, in squatching talk about this or, no. or talk about, you know, the, the capabilities. We've all been focusing on staring at spectrograms and trying yeah. to algorithms looking for patterns and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. This stuff is that that's all very old school now. It really is. And that's why I was so excited when I heard you talk about this. I actually sat up and I was just like, hold on. This is something new. This is something different. This is change that is science-based. So it's not mm -hmm. woo. It's not no, um, anything like that. It is, this is, this is, we're actually getting out of the rut. I feel like we have a chance to no, get out of right. the rut. You're right. You're right. Because... But, we Here's have to get this information to the masses, though. Yes, we do. Here's the thing. This gives you the chance to do real science and contribute to it in a legitimate fashion, not be looked at sideways. Because yes. honestly, the goal here isn't looking for a particular animal. The goal here is to capture the whole environment. You're capturing mm -hmm. all the animals and, and wildlife in that environment. And, and, and specifically, you're looking for the... Um, you know, for the animal life, the natural wood sound, there are technical terms here. My brain's going, going blank right now. And there are the anthropogenic sounds, which are the human-created sounds. Yes. You're capturing all of them. That is the entire soundscape. Then you're going to put it through a computer, and the computers can sort it out. And depending upon what they're told to look for is what they'll find. Um Yes, people still have to go in. They have to, you know, double check what the computer's done most most of the time. But you can get a lot. Of, I mean, they're 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 doing surveys of populations of of birds and bats and foxes and coyotes and wolves just based on their sound. Yeah, yeah. They know they've got twenty two wolves, you know, in this region, and there's five of them over here. There's seven of them over here, and that one's Joe, and that one's Bob they they can now tell that much of a difference. Ryan wants to say hi. Hi, Ryan. What's up, buddy? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, hey, what's up, buddy? <laughs> Thank you. Uh -huh. You brought me some more tea. Um, 
by Duke. So the, you know, the significance of knowing what is going on in an ecosystem, in an environment out there, in your research area specifically, whoever is listening to this, is like I say in my presentation, it's Bigfooting 101. You have to know if that environment can support Sasquatch activity. That's right. By analyzing your audio, you're learning what's in that environment, if it's going to support, if it's going to be something that a Bigfoot would be there. Also, you could, of course, get um, potential audio of yes. something that may be Bigfoot, but you're going to learn um, how populated that area is by humans or by which animals, um, things of that nature. Um, you know, if there's just tons and tons of gunshots, you know, or uh, just ATVs and UTVs, you know, there's just a lot you can learn from audio that people don't think about. That's right. There are two, uh, there's two, two different theories that this is all based on. Uh, one is the acoustic niche hypothesis and the other one is the acoustic adaptive hypothesis, okay? Yeah. The, the niche hypothesis says that you have the entire spectrum and animals want to be heard. So they have evolved over time to where they are, they are at a certain part of the spectrum. A different animal is at a different part of the spectrum. Things like this. So that way they all have their own area. Okay. Mm -hmm. The adaptive hypothesis says that as they change locations one way or the other, over time they would have evolved to find openings that may have been there that weren't done. That is the foundation of all of this science. Um, you can now go in and tell how healthy your ecosystem is in the area you're looking by looking at the holes in your spectrogram. Because there will be actually be animals that should be present or used to be present that are no longer vocalizing or not vocalizing in a sufficient um, capacity yeah and it's because you know they, they've wiped out you know i mean you know they're they're gone or, or something like that and that is yeah. interesting things but that's the kind of thing you can also learn from doing something like this so you know it's the, the bigfoot hunting is incidental to everything else because right. you, you, the thing you're looking for is to find something that's not recognized right. but at the same time you very well may record something that is not supposed to be there you know, right. how, you know, very, you know, you, all of a sudden, next thing you know, you you put it in, and are like, oh, wait, we've got this invasive species we didn't know was here. That's still extraordinarily valuable yeah. scientific data. Yeah. So again, we have to do our part um, with the stipulations that have been set. Um, mm -hmm. If we can all do our part to upload that audio, it will all help us all in the future. Right. Um, so having you on the show, that was a big reason I wanted you on the show is that I wanted, I wanted you to get this information out to all of my subscribers at least. Um, and hopefully they will consider doing, I mean, mm -hmm. most, most everyone I know has at least a decent recorder, hopefully with the specs on it that you require or they require. Um, and if so, if we can, if we can all upload to those parameters, I, I really think that. It, it will help us all in the long run and eventually be able to, like you said, in real time, this is the part that got me so excited because it's like a dream for us. Imagine hearing something in the woods next to your camp and being able to 
know where it is in a general vicinity near your camp and triangulate it at the same time live and then see what it is or isn't that is i mean that that's that's what we're working for that that's where my my ultimate goal and focus is that's that's what i'm i'm building everything towards um the uh you i'll put links on my website and on my um both both my cryptic connection website and also on my facebook group the the cryptic connection facebook group uh that will talk about the different recorders a lot of these recorders actually you can build yourself if you want or you can order them already built um but they're a lot of them are based like on raspberry pis if anyone knows what those are and uh they're they're very simple but things your recorders pretty much kind of need especially if you're going to get an advanced recording at all is you've got to have a very accurate timestamp. you also have to have location this means you have to have a gps chip on or a gps receiver associated with your recorders everybody jot that down sorry Play that back. Spell that down. the technical terms correctly. No. Otherwise, you're not going to get it correct. Okay. No, no the I'm presentation was a lot was a lot more technical. Um, yeah. And I even knew what was coming because you had told me about it before we got to the symposium, and I still was just kind of like, "Mom, jot that down." <laughs> it's it's a lot to take in. It is, but it, it's it's worth it because it, I really like believe falling, this is a game changer. It's like falling into a brand new rabbit hole. You mm-hmm. didn't even know it was there. And then you realize just how out of touch we've been in squatching for a while. And we, and we hadn't, you know, we were, yeah, you know, we were being passed by and I, I think everyone had gotten the, the community in general got so frustrated with scientists for, you know, for just scoffing at us and, you mm-hmm. know, dismissing people that uh, they didn't pay attention anymore to what was actually going on and what the capability is. And, and yeah, this, this is fascinating. There are thousands of papers that have been published just in the last two or three years that are available online in the in the um, scholastic journals and, and everything else that you can read about where they, they talk all about this. You know, a good chunk of them are on birds or bats, but uh, you get them on, on other animals, wolves, coyotes, you know, things like that. And they'll talk about it, but it's worldwide. This, this is... This is a new thing, really. It's it's only been in the last 10 years, really, they've been doing it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, it, like I said, it's a game changer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's funny because we have all this new technology. We have, you know, we've come so far over the years. So when I first started doing this with my mom back in the early 2000s, you had audio recorders. Um, they were on cassette tape recorders, the big kinds. Um, and you had parabolic dishes, of course. Um, that was newfangled technology at the time. Um, night vision. If somebody had one, it was military grade and it costs an arm and a leg. It was very expensive. We did not have thermal. Over the years, we've gotten better audio equipment. We've gotten better audio programming. I don't even want to know. Um, I'm laughing at Logan. I know. <laughs> I try not to look at him during the chat because I like lose my train of thought. We have 
we have thermal imaging, we have better audio equipment, we have better audio programs to recognize what we're catching out there. Um, we have all this new technology. You know, everyone thought when we got thermal imaging, like, this is it, we're going to find them, we're going to, it's done. Everyone thought when we got drones, like, this is it, we're find them, we're, gonna, we're done. And it's so funny because now, like, we're still spinning our wheels. You have this, you have a lead on a new way to move forward, and it's right. audio still. Right. It's like audio is the tried and true, and hopefully this is going to do it for us. I can tell you this. There is, as far as I know, only one or two projects that are in the Texas, Oklahoma region that are, you know, like researchers, uh, just regular wildlife researchers, whatever, at least publicly that are doing this. So the, the world's wide open. And, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you don't, you, anybody can do this. There is an active invitation to any citizen scientist that they, you know, if you want to consider yourself that, you know, they, they want the data. And so, yeah. you know, th this is a great opportunity for, for people to go about. And, and yeah, and the more you dig into it, the more you're going to get. Now, yeah. uh, that's fresh, whatever his name is. I don't know who that actually is. Um, but they asked if we re if we disguise the audio devices. No, no point to e even the e even the wildlife biologists and the ecologists know it. They don't. They're just sitting on tripods out in the middle of nowhere with a big fluffy, you know, windsock on it, and and that's what they're doing. Uh, your 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 disguise is distance because you know sound travels, so you're out of eyesight. That's their idea. Um, I have in the past. <laughs> I've just how much. I have a very important scientific question. How much audio do you have of yourself snoring? Hours. <laughs> hours and hours. Um, yeah, I, I've learned to take my, my camp recorders and try to put them farther away from camp. Because <laughs> I think everybody I no makes idea. that rookie mistake. I never believed people saying that I snored. I was like, no, I don't. Yes, I do. I, I hate you wouldn't even believe me until you heard it. Oh, I just, yeah, it, it was, it was beyond belief. <laughs> <laughs> my mom, that's how my mother learned uh, that she had, um, um, oh my God, what's it called? The, 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 where you stop breathing in your sleep. Sleep apnea? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she had sleep apnea. That's how she learned is that she would set her audio recorder up to record Bigfoot. And then she went back and listened to it. And she was like, what is that weird creature? And then finally realized it was her snoring and stopping breathing. She's going to kill me for saying this. It's fine. Um, but yeah, it, it that's how she learned that, you know, she had a health condition because of that. So, I mean, saves lives. It's fine. You're right. You're right. Um. But yeah, I, yeah, he, hey, I got him to bust out of his shell a little bit, Logan. So I get props for that. Well, what do you mean? I, I'm i not in a shell. Logan's in a shell. He's the one that wouldn't even come on here. Coward. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. He, if, uh, anyone, if, if anyone hasn't caught on, we're giving Logan a lot of grief because Logan is the other part of us here. Yes. It's me, Jennifer, and Logan. Yes. And we're the ones out there doing this. Yes, we're spooning. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> there is a story spend. about that. There is a story. It's a whole thing. Yes. Um, but yes, yeah, so Logan, uh, he is the, uh, the, the third leg of the tripod there. And so those three plus, um, Steven and Jen's son, Owen, they spend a lot of times time out in the woods researching and, um, honestly making awesome memories. Uh, Logan is the beaver hook productions that you've been talking to there. Yeah. So, um, and Lori, uh, worked, uh, Sylvia woke her up at 5 a.m. this morning, so she's in bed already. So, uh, Janelle was asking where she was. So, um, <laughs> so I was really stoked to bring you on tonight for that specific reason. Like I said, you have something that is bringing us into the future, hopefully, of Bigfoot research, or is at least something exciting to shake things up. Um, I truly believe this has promise. So, um, I'm really excited. I hope that everyone, if you have questions, you can of course contact Steven and mm -hmm. he will kind of dumb things down for you if you need to, or he can give you, um, you know, the specifications of what's required. Um, and he will definitely, I mean, he, I'm assuming that you would share the research that yes. you've, um, yes. <laughs> you've already uncovered that, regarding yeah. all of this. I was about to say that's, that's one of my sticklers. That's is, one of the points. How are we all going to learn? That's right. Yeah. Everything, you you got to be transparent and share what you got. And yeah, you know, everybody's so busy trying to be the, the person that finds Bigfoot and they don't share anything. Yeah. And that's yeah. very much why we're still where we're sitting. Yeah. It, it's kind of counterproductive, honestly. I was told to moo at you. Inside joke. I was told to moo. I did what I'm told. <laughs> I was informed I was to moo. Um, yeah, but... <laughs> Jeremiah is playing along for sure. Uh -oh. But um, I, I was very excited, like I said, to have you on tonight, Stephen. Thank you so much for coming on. And Jen, thank you for being there to help him do his very best. Um, uh, like I said, I heard this presentation at the symposium and it, you guys, it really got me excited. I was like, this, this is something that everyone needs to know about. And so I hope that my show does its part to get that information out there. And I hope that others see this show <laughs> and get you, <laughs> I'm too, I'm get too. you on their show to disseminate this information. I said disseminate. I would like to point that out. You are an utterly fantastic guest. Oh I appreciate God. you Lord. being on here. You're legendary. Steve. Yes, I'm wondering about this. I Some of these people I, I've got to know, and I'm just not knowing who they are on the, on the screen names. These, these are sounding <laughs> entirely too familiar. Thank you, Logan. You're amazing. <laughs> all of my moderators are amazing. Thank you for being here, all of you. Um. Thank you, everybody, for listening tonight. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you for supporting Nightcallers and for coming on to listen to Steven and uh, Jen and Logan. Um, remember to check out cryptidconnection.com. That's connection without an S. Uh, smash that thumbs up, definitely. You you can find our podcast on pretty much any podcast um, provider. You've got Apple, um, Spreaker, whatever. Yes. Yes. Um, yes, definitely. And 
Logan's not done. We're no, gonna, we're no gonna he's not. He's not. Steven, do you exclusively look at cows with thermals? Only if Thank they're wearing you, thermal underwear. <laughs> Can I just tell you that Ryan and I had to go to Hobby Lobby today for work purposes on our lunch break for work? And, and, and they have a whole line of cow paintings. Cows in baths, cows on couches, cows in pastures, cows It's with... ridiculous how big cows are getting. I am so excited. They were very adorable. Very adorable paintings. Did you cows get on see? sofas. Oh my god. Cows. No. All the cows. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just, I don't even, you know. <laughs> okay, so if you guys have a question, again, about anything that Stephen talked about, please contact him through cryptedconnection.com. Yeah. Um, and or, or go the check. Facebook group. Honestly, or the Facebook group. I was about to say, honestly, I'll tell you, get me faster through the Facebook group. Yes, definitely. So go join the Facebook group. You guys can catch up. Like they said on their website, they have, it's really geared towards outdoor people. So um, lots of recipes, lots of gear reviews, all that kind of stuff, along with some Bigfoot thrown in. So it's, you guys go check it out. It is. Only, yeah, it's only as good as the amount of people you get on there and, and contribute. Yes. So if you go in there. Yes. You're started. Is Facebook still a thing? <laughs> unfortunately yeah. all right thank you guys so much for coming on tonight hang out and i'm going to chat with you guys here in just a second okay all righty okay all right thank you both for coming on all right thank you all for coming tonight thank you for liking subscribing and supporting night colors bigfoot radio i really appreciate you all i appreciate your patience as i uh, work through different phases of life right now and um, get to night callers when I can. I, of course, want to bring you a great show always. And so I did have to call in help to find some guests, but I am back. So I, I really appreciate y'all's patience. I hope you guys enjoyed this show and stay safe, be kind, and I will see y'all next time. <laughs>